0: and welcome to make good the podcast about yarn and knitting from scratch supply co we're recording today in downtown lebanon new hampshire and we're really excited to be here i'm karen and i'm jessica and today is our first official mini sewed it's so little (laughs) little things are cute you're gonna love it (laughs) so here's the thing Mm -hmm. we just reopened the doors kind of kind of at the store I mean, we definitely let people in, so I would say that's reopened. Right. It's by appointment only, so it's not like the floodgates. But yeah, it's peopling again. (laughs) Which is really exciting. Like, we are so excited to have people back in the store. It's very emotional. Like, I feel very verklempt every time someone comes in. It's like, oh! Coincidentally, our local coffee shop opened to... You can like actually go in the doors for the first time in over a year, the same day that we did. And so we stopped to get coffee on our way in and I like full on cried in the coffee shop. I had to go step outside so I wouldn't freak them out. Yeah, I think that they probably got that a couple of times yesterday. And like, you know, we've all been getting coffee all along through this. It's just been through like a little tiny glass window and it's different being close to people that you miss. So it's pretty exciting and overwhelming and good. Yes. And so we've had people in the store the last couple days, you can make appointments to come in if you're local. We're still going to keep doing online appointments if you either just want to or if you don't live here. We can talk over Google Meet. Yeah, I think that's been one of the positive things that has come out of all of the adjustments we've all made in the last year. We've been able to connect in different ways with knitters who aren't in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, so we've gotten to meet lots of you and see you face-to-face over our screens. Yeah. And you're all over the place. And it's (laughs) exciting every time you call us from somewhere else. Yeah. And just while we're on the subject of that, our craft night is going to stay digital for the immediate future. So if you're not local and you want to join us on a Thursday evening, you can do that. It's 5 to 8 Eastern time. Yep. And there's a link to it on our website. To, yes. get to the Zoom room. Yeah, but because all of that is going on, we've been really busy. Like, I don't want to say the store had turned into a mess over the year that we hadn't let people in, but it was definitely like we knew where things were and we didn't mind stepping over things. It had turned into our secret knitter clubhouse. <laughs> like, it was the yarn cave. And I really mean that because when we turned on all of the lights, For the first time to let people in the other day, it was shockingly bright because we have been putting in light fixtures and little spotlighting pieces, and then we just work in the dark all day long. Right. Over (laughs) (laughs) Over the last year, we have put in a ton of light fixtures that were just like, you know, those are the kind of projects that once you move into a space, you're like, oh yeah, there's a spot for that in the ceiling. We'll get to it eventually. Well, this year was eventually... But then because we didn't want people to like think we were open, we were leaving the lights off. So we literally like didn't turn on the full scope of our light fixtures for an entire year. It was pretty shocking when we did it finally. And it's beautiful. It like is. it really it lets the yarn shine. And then of course, the day that we first opened for appointments, we got a ton of yarn. Oh, yes. So much exciting yarn has shown up. And it's Wild. It was all from Canada. Different dyers in Canada. All of it. Surprise yarn from Canada. Mm-hmm. Yarn from Canada is always surprise yarn because <laughs> tracking is mysterious and things get there when they do. But we got it all. We, what did we get? Sweet Georgia. We got the Merino Silk Lace from Sweet Georgia, which is a new base for us. We really love Sweet Georgia yarn. It's one of our larger lines that we carry. And they they just have really bright colors, and I just love their yarn so much. Yeah, like gorgeous saturated tonals and excellent bases. And I have to say, like generally, I am not a huge fan in my personal knitting life of yarns that have silk in them. Right. And it occurred to me when we were talking about this yarn that it's very much because I'm not a big single ply user, and lots of silk blends... At least the ones that I tend to encounter are single plies, which is just not my jam. It's perfectly fine yarn. It's just not my preference. Yeah. But this merino silk lace is not single ply and it's beautiful and like it's calling to me. It's really nice and we also stocked with one exception i found one where we made a mistake all of the same colorways in the silk mist which is the sweet georgia mohair so that if you wanted to you could hold double with the same colorway and sort of create that fuzzy ethereal halo yeah plus silk so like shiny halo mm-hmm. silk in both of them and you don't have to use it with the same colorway you could choose one that coordinates, but we wanted to give people the option of matching it exactly where possible. So we, we did that on purpose.
1: We Usually had a plan.
0: <laughs> when we order yarn, we sort of like open our hearts and let, let the yarn come to be with us. <laughs> and, and we actually had a plan this time and I was very proud. Speaking of yarn that we just opened our hearts to and ordered wildly, the Shirley Bryan showed up. Shirley Brian yarns. We got Soko sock sets in, and oh my, it is so good! Like her colorways are gorgeous. The names of all of these colors are fantastic and make you giggle, and sometimes make you Google because you're like, <laughs> "What does that even mean?" But they're just great, and we love them, and we're really excited to have her yarn back in the shop because the last time we ordered from her, everything left. Oh, right. Y'all just ordered all of it up and it disappeared. I think I talked about it this way in one of our Instagram posts, but like Shirley Bryan Yarns, these little sock sets are total snacks. It's magical knitting. It's just enough yarn for a fun little pair of socks with the coordinating skein for your toe and your heel. And it's a delight. You're going to love it. Yeah. Everything about that yarn is really good. And We picked up kind of a lot of new colorways, Mm -hmm. and then there were probably another dozen that we were, like, debating whether they were new colorways, because when we ordered the first time, they weren't in the store long enough for us to, like, imprint on them. You know, where we would be like, wait, have we seen this before? The name sounds kind of familiar, but it doesn't look familiar. It's because we looked at it on an order sheet, and then just, you know, basically unpacked the box of yarn into a box that was going to somebody else. Like, it just, it, it left... Yeah, it left to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's what's going on with us with the store. I mean, new yarn is always the best. Mm -hmm. And seeing people again is like a whole new experience, too. Can I tell you that I was at the register yesterday and it was like taking a tremendous amount of mental energy to remember the things I was supposed to be doing? (laughs) I was like, whoa, a lot of interaction going on here, but I feel like another day or two, and I will be back up to speed. We've been laughing at ourselves a little bit because over the last year, really, we haven't had the doors open at all. And so everything people were buying was online. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't put price tags on anything in a year. No. And only only one person who was in the store that first day was like, hey, could I price check this? And we were like, oh, yes. I need a robot, though. I definitely can't tell you. <laughs> Yeah, that's not actually secret information. It's just information that you have no way to access from the thing you're holding in your hand. We should probably fix that. But yeah, so it's really, it's really, really good to be able to have people in the store again. Store looks really good if I do say so myself. Yeah, we've got all sorts of fun goodies. So we're excited about this. So what's on your needles right now? Oh, so I have, I've picked my ripple butt shorts back up and I'm making progress. So can I tell you something? (laughs) So the Ripple butt shorts are like three by three ribbing and there are instructions in the pattern to you're knitting it from the waist down and you're knitting to X amount of inches for whatever your size is. And I was like, great. I've put in a stitch marker. I can tell that I have like two inches left to go. So I knit that amount and then I tried it on I was like, these are not long enough to cover my butt. Oh my God, it is not time to split from my legs yet. And it dawned on me, I was measuring the length with the knitting just like sitting there all scrunched up, like ribbed tight. You know how ribbing is very elastic. Three by three rib really turns into like a long narrow tube when nothing is stretching it out. And when you open that up by putting something like my butt into it, It really gets shorter, like surprisingly shorter. So, I did some more measuring last night with the rib kind of like pulled open as if it were on my body. Yeah. And I have like an additional two inches to knit. So, that happens with sleeves too, because you'll knit your sleeves and you're like, oh, this is long enough. And then, once you put your human arm inside of that sleeve with its like actual upper arm shape that it has, and Mm -hmm. usually, I mean, maybe whole arm shape, but for me in my body, it's the upper arm shape it changes the ribbing. It kind of makes that sleeve a little bit shorter. Definitely. And I know how ribbing works. I don't know why this didn't occur to me when (laughs) I was doing my initial measurements, but I was like, whoa, because you haven't knit shorts before. Fair. I have not. I have to say trying on the shorts Mm -hmm. was a lot wigglier than trying on like the yoke of a sweater. Yeah, I I definitely wiggled into them. I happened (laughs) to have on some like yoga pants and I was like, I'm going to pull my shorts on right over these. And I think part of my wiggly problem was that I didn't really put a long enough cord into my live stitches. Right. So I was like trying to pull these shorts on up over my hips and I was looking down and realizing that like I was popping stitches off of the end of my cord and a little bit freaking out. I was screaming inside of my heart. That's right. And and managed to get it off and do some troubleshooting with how much knitting I have left to do. But anyways... They're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. First pair of shorts, I think not the last. You can already tell even though the last time I saw them on you, they had, you had not yet split for the legs. They're going to look great. What a good pattern. I like it. It's good. I think there's a non-zero chance we're going to do something with that pattern here on the podcast. Maybe. We're not ready to announce yet, but no. definitely soon. Karen, what's on your needles? So Alicia Plummer finally released the pattern, and so my, like, weird nervousness about saying the name of it, it's the Starry Night Top, and you can go see it. I think it's only on Ravelry right now, so if you're not using Ravelry, we do have pictures of it. We did kits on our website, so there are pictures in the kits, and it's awesome. It is still going at a glacial pace because I have the bandwidth I have for pearling color work, but, like, I'm so excited about it. It's such a gorgeous, Jessica picked really good colors. I am really, I'm a little bit sad that I don't have it to wear right now because it's about to get really hot here. Yeah, the hot weather's coming. As an aside, don't feel bad that you're knitting that at a glacial pace because Alicia says in the description of the top that doing flat color work is really slow. Yeah. So this is like not a speedy project, but it's a lovely project. Right. There's just been a lot going on. And I think it's fine that it's taking a long time. No judgment. Yeah. Isn't that a race? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we kind of only a little bit have a letter this week. Mm -hmm. Well, we either only a little bit have a letter or we have a lot of letter. So are you ready for a lot of letter? I sure am. Okay, here's the thing Mm -hmm. we got multiple messages from a number of different people all about the same thing. So -hmm. we're going to. Merge them into one big, not-really-a-letter letter. Let's do it. Fiber festivals. Oh. Yeah. So people just want to know, like, as we're all kind of starting to think about traveling and like seeing people and doing things again, and it may not be in the immediate future, but we sure want to think about it in the right now. Yeah. What festivals and events are there that people may or may not want to have on their radar or like, tell us about the difference. What's the difference between, I don't know, Rhinebeck and Vogue and Squam, which is happening right now. Tell us. Oh, Yeah, I feel like we've got a lot of open space to just kind of chat right now. So let's chat. Maybe let's mention Squam first because you brought that up and it is currently happening. Yes. So the Squam Arts Workshops, if you are not familiar with them, take place right here in New Hampshire. So they are local ish to us. I mean, like they're across the state a little bit, but our state is wicked tiny and it's really right down the road. If you don't or haven't ever lived in New England, there's a thing in New England where you can really only get from north to south in any kind of efficient way. So if you're going like east to west, you're like, it's 20 miles and it's going to take me 80 minutes to drive because it's like back roads that don't go where you think you want to go. It is east of us so it's definitely one of those like it's gonna take an hour and a half and it's 30 miles right which is which is actually kind of fun because they're it's a fun drive but like it's Mm -hmm. it's just kind of funny to think about like yeah it's local in our tiny state and it would take us like half a day to get there (laughs) yeah and it's beautiful here it's it's a nice drive so anyways squam is a retreat that happens in the spring now and in the fall september and there are artists and designers and craftspeople who come into the retreat to teach workshops. And you also have this like lovely opportunity to spend time on Squam Lake and like go for a hike. And it's just summer camp for fiber people in gorgeous New England. So it's lovely. And the way it's happening this year is that it's in person after being canceled last year, but it's scaled back. So not quite as many people are able to attend to give everyone like space to kind of spread their wings and like have a little bit of distance. And also there is not, at least for the spring session, there's not a marketplace. Oh, right. Because Squam is a little bit famous for the amazing marketplace that happens where you'll find like less traveling yarn will come from Arizona to be there and spin cycle comes from Washington and like people come in from all over the place and they participate, but also they're there so you can like shop at your cool yarny summer camp. I think relative to some of the other sort of fiber events that are on the calendar, Squam is a little less exclusively fiber, right? They tend to have more, they have lots and lots of fiber workshops and things happening but they also have stuff like paper making or scrapbooking or like things like that. I've seen dyeing workshops. I think one year we looked at the class assortment and there was like build your own wood tool chest. Yes. So like all sorts of neat things. It's, It's for makers and it's small enough that it's like this kind of special intimate experience. It's very cool. So that's currently happening right now. And then we'll be again in the fall and I'm going to guess that the fall is probably all booked. I was on the website the other day and I think they opened up registration for the fall on like, I'm going to say January 1st. Mm -hmm. And it had sold out within like two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Because people were like, oh, by the fall, I really want to go do something. And like it is, it's largely outdoors. It's going to be a really good time. Mm -hmm. Something to explore for next year if you are interested and it's not something that you're able to participate in because you would have had to have registered months ago. Right. So big scale, that's like a small scale event, like large scale. Let's talk about Rhinebeck. I don't want to say this with too much authority here, but I'm pretty sure Rhinebeck is probably the biggest fiber event that happens. I don't know, maybe the Edinburgh? Maybe in the US. Yeah. It's the New York Sheep and Wool Festival that is just affectionately referred to as Rhinebeck by everyone. And it takes place at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds. And if you've never been, it's a wild number of people all in one place, obsessing over each other's clothing. (laughs) Right. And hugging internet friends and making googly eyes at sheep and eating cider donuts. And you're just elbow to elbow with people in sheep barns and out in the fields for a couple of days and it is special and amazing and they're doing it in person again this year. They are we we just made the decision that we are not going to be going this year. Largely because I think at that point there will still be an unvaccinated kid in our house. Mm-hmm. And like that that is just a lot of people, but it's going to be happening. So if you haven't been, there's the fairgrounds where you're like milling around inside and then there's barns where there are booths and so that is indoor-outdoor, but like there's enough people that I would call that an indoor space. The barns definitely, even though it's like open at either end, it can be a challenge to navigate through them because there are so many people. Yeah. Which in a non-pandemic situation is amazing because it's basically just one big wooly hug through the entire weekend, but also it's kind of just one big wooly hug. Mm -hmm. I cannot speak as an authority on this, but I believe that they have some changes in place. Like I think that they're maybe not doing the classes inside the buildings this year, Nice, but definitely the New York Sheep and Wool website is your best source of information because let me tell you, do the rumors fly fast and wild on social media about what's happening at these events? So definitely for any of the ones that we're going to mention, make sure that you go to their actual website to get your information before you make decisions about whether or not you want to participate. Yeah, there were some rumors, I think, floating around about Rhinebeck this year because I think the organizers had reached out to prior vendors to see if there was interest. Like, if we do this, will anyone want to come participate? And then that sort of started the rumor mill going because, of course, that's like thousands of people. Right. But it was definitely like there were people telling tales before there was an official announcement made and it was like difficult to identify what was accurate. If you want to hug a sheep... Rhinebeck is your event. If you want to hug an alpaca, if you want to see something getting sheared, or I don't know, (laughs) if you want to see something getting sheared. Sure. Any kind of fiber animal. I think, was Rhinebeck where we saw a rabbit and like a turtle snuggling? Yes, they were so cute. (laughs) Yeah, they were being buddies. There is a huge range of vendors and things happening at Rhinebeck. I don't know how big the fairgrounds are, but I would guess it's spread out over acres. Like it's, it's oh, like yeah. acres of stuff. It's, it's just a ton happening. In Rhinebeck proper, in the like New York Sheep and Wool weekend, you're going to see like larger vendors that you've heard of. You're going to see a lot of smaller ones that you haven't. Harrisville debuted their nightshades at Rhinebeck. Is that mm-hmm. true? Am I remembering that right? That's correct. There's like a lot of neat stuff. We first met Hudson and West there. Like people will premiere things at New York Sheep and Wool, which is very exciting. And then there's also Indie Untangled, which is related but not directly affiliated with. It's an adjacent event, right? It's like your indie dire warm up to Rhinebeck Weekend, right? And one of the really nice things about everything being virtual is that Lisa, the woman who organizes Indie Untangled, has had a really great opportunity to. Do a lot of virtual events, and she's done a lot of virtual events very well. It's inside, it's in a space, and she doesn't want it to be like a huge crush of people. So when it's in person, tickets are limited. And like the year we were there, people sort of got their window to shop. You got your ticket, and it got you admission from noon to two or two to four or whatever. They had a velvet rope system, it was very swanky. Right. So there can be kind of like a frenzy around getting the tickets. With things being virtual right now, There aren't those limitations. So it's actually really nice that you can do that. Mm -hmm. And the other thing about the virtual events is that it's made festival experiences and workshop experiences accessible to most people because you don't have to factor in travel. Right. Or just like physically being in that space because you're sitting on your couch. You don't have that like, can I physically navigate the space or am I going to get tired or need to sit down and there may not be somewhere to sit? Mm -hmm. you can control your environment. Which is, it's been really nice. And that brings us, I think, to Vogue. Yes. Vogue knitting live events have been way more frequent under this umbrella of like virtual event time. And it's been kind of amazing. They've been doing classes and workshops and like social events And it's been nice because prior to all of this, it was way less frequent and people had much more limited access. In-person Vogue Knitting Live, I mean, there are are a number of in-person events that happen around the country, but New York is the big, big, big show. And it's the one we've been to. Mm -hmm. And it's like five floors of a hotel. Mm -hmm. And it is throngs of people. It's like 20,000 people on five floors of a hotel. So particularly the Vogue event that happens in New York, I have no idea why this is, but that space has this like kind of purple-tinged casino lighting in it. Well, and there are no windows. There are no windows. But if you see pictures on like Instagram or whatever your social media platform is of fiber people like hugging each other and the background is weirdly purple, it's probably at Vogue. Mm -hmm. You buy yarn at Vogue and you get it out into the sunlight and you're like, oh, that's what color it is. All the lights in this building are purple. Vendors yes. do bring their own for their like shelves and things, but well organized vendors. Yes. <laughs> it gives it a very it's that like loss of time yes. experience that you have inside of a casino as well, because there's no natural light, you can't tell what time of day it is, it's just wild overstimulation of the senses. Hand mitts everywhere, wool is in the air, There are so many happy, excited people, and also some Really unnecessarily intense people, too <laughs> it is definitely not a physically easy crowd to navigate, like it is kind of crushes of people. The first year that we went, we met our friend Kemper there for the first time, uh, Kemper, who dies junk yarn, and we decided we needed to talk like we wanted to sit down and chat and One of the like sweetest moments that we had from that weekend was we got cheesecake from the cheesecake place across the street. And we found like a corner of the hallway and we sat on the floor in the hallway and we were just like eating cheesecake, like little cheesecake trolls. It's that kind of event. It's super fun. So and you get to see they have like a fashion show, lots of indie vendors. The thing that distinguishes it, though, as an event is very much the sort of New York fashion show part of it. It's amazing. And you've got to really be ready to intensely people for a couple of days if you want to be there. What about like Stitches, speaking of events that are all over? So Stitches does in-person shows as well. And at this time, I'm not sure what they're planning to do in person and what's going to remain virtual. But Stitches shows are regional. Mm -hmm. So they do like Stitches Midwest and Stitches West. West. (laughs) (laughs) It's that word I was struggling to find. The one Stitches we went to was Stitches United, yes. I believe, which is sometimes in Connecticut. And the one we went to was in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's like a big auditorium and lots of vendors everywhere. And it wasn't just all knitting. Right. There were other needle arts as well. Like there were displays of quilts. There was an exhibit of prints, like the musician, prints oh, right. inspired quilts I all around the back wall of the auditorium that was amazing and it's it's less crushingly intense i yes. think it's like it's more laid back there's room to like move and breathe so it's not as densely populated i think it's also a little bit more accessible for the vendors like if you think about if you're a vendor prepping for an event like vogue where you're going to have 20,000 people potentially coming into your booth over the course of a day, or prepping for Rhinebeck, where you're having 10,000 people potentially coming into your booth over the course of a day, the amount of stuff you have to prepare is huge. Just like logistically, that takes space, and that takes funding, and that takes time. An event like Stitches, not that it doesn't take all of those things, but it takes less of those things. The scale is different. Yeah, the scale is different. So sometimes you'll get like newer vendors and like people who are up and coming, which is like our favorite thing. We like to find people that are doing exciting new things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so those, those events are really good. And then there are like really small events. Right. Like all over the place. So you might find out about something like Camp Starlight, which is like a sweet little weekend camping trip that our friends at Starlight Knitting Society hosts annually. And it's like a tiny number of people, like maybe a dozen, fewer Mm. than 20, I think, who go. So it's just like nice and laid back and it's not like crowds. It's like a group of friends that you maybe haven't met prior to being there. But it's a cool, like fibery weekend in the woods. People pair knitting with all kinds of other events I'm not sure if it's still happening, actually. Like, I imagine it will pick up again after COVID. But there was a a fairly well-known, like, knitting and yoga retreat that happens near where we are. There's a couple that happen up in Maine. I think those are probably all over the place. But I think there's a lot of blank and knitting, small group weekends, long weekends, weeks, all over that are, like, secret fun things that you get to do. Those are definitely worth keeping an eye out for. Can we talk about one more type of knitting event? Knitting travel. Ah! Like big travel. Yeah. Like going away. (laughs) Like our trip to Scotland that we're looking at doing next April. Because this April, not the time. Right. So (laughs) those trips are, I think, about to resume as well as like international travel starts to open up and people... In countries all over the place have more and more access to vaccines. International travel is going to be something that comes back. Right. And I know that Rowan Tree Travel, which is the New Hampshire yarn travel company that we are working with for our trip, has been posting teasers of upcoming trips that will be scheduled before our April 2022 event. And it's just exciting even though I'm not going on any of those, like just thinking about the possibility and the different things that people are going to get to go do. Yes. It's amazing. The thing I really liked when we were planning our event with, with them is the way they set up, because travel also can be kind of exhausting. Mm-hmm. The way they set it up is basically there is a thing you can be doing or you could stay at the hotel and knit. Sometimes the hotel is a castle because we're going to Scotland, right? <laughs> but like, or you can, you know, you're going to go hug a sheep or there's a boat you can sit on and do some, some fiber crafting. Like I really like that as options because I think everybody hits the wall at a different time mm-hmm. when you're traveling. I've done group traveling before that you're like, if this were up to me, this would not be the day I would go hike a mountain, right? Or uh-huh. I really like having options. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm watching their Instagram account with bated breath to see what other things they're <laughs> going to tease us with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fiber events are coming back. We'd love to know if you're planning on attending any of them. And if you haven't, and you're interested, now, while things are still kind of virtual, it's a really great time to be checking out events that are not necessarily near to you, mm-hmm. right? Because they're close to your computer. Sometimes it can be a little tough to get a sense of the vibe from a Zoom room or a Google Meet or whatever, but you can get an idea And then decide whether it's worth traveling for it or not when that is an option again. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, start planning now where you're going to get yourself some apple cider donuts on New York Sheep and Wool weekend. We may have to make our own. I think we're going to work on that. So I think that's it for us this week. This has been our first sewed. Maybe not even as many as we planned, but here we are. (laughs) If you're not already subscribed, you can subscribe to us on your platform of choice. If it's Apple Music or Spotify or I don't know, whatever. If you haven't already, write us a review or leave us some stars or something so that knitters can find us. If you want to see what we're up to, or perhaps participate in a future knit along, you should follow us on Instagram. We're at makegoodpod. And of course, we always want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want your stories. We definitely want your pictures. So get in touch with us by sending an email to dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.